Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of my beautiful podcast, Point Counterpoint, with your host, Chris Wright. It's time for a new episode. It's been a while, a little while, I don't know, um, since the last one, which is pretty good, Nature and Pareto Distributions. That was pretty interesting, wasn't it? That got a little complicated for some of you that aren't into that kind of thing. Probably. But, I'm not gonna judge. Because that's not my thing. Okay? Okay. Now, it's not my job to get mad at you for your inadequate knowledge of sociology. (laughs) I made myself laugh there. But I think this is going to be another good episode, and I might even sing again. I don't know. Um, We'll just see where the night takes us. (laughs) Um... It won't be the same song when I, like when I sang Summer Lovin' last episode. But you know, I thought that was just beautiful. For one, I might even rap a little bit. Alright, so what's new with me? Well, I got this new app. It's beautiful. And I will tell you, I'm not sponsored by this app, but I wish I was because it is literally amazing. It has changed the way that I listen to podcasts. And it's called it's called Pocket Coin, isn't it? Um, I'm 99% sure that's the name. Yeah, Podcoin. Podcoin, that's it. So it was that 1% that I wasn't sure. That was right. Podcoin. And what it is, it allows you to get paid by listening to podcasts. And I'll tell you how it works. What happens is for every 10 minutes that you listen to it, you get a coin, a podcoin, which you can save up and spend on various products like an Amazon gift card or a Starbucks gift card or whatever whatever is available and that's how it works is you can buy stuff because and you don't have to listen to 10 minutes you can get uh, you can listen to five minutes and just get half a coin for example what it is yeah or one minute, get point one coins. <laughs> a tenth of a coin. Wouldn't that be interesting? If we had like point point ten, point one of a point one of a actual U.S. coin, like we just t- took a little slice out of it, and that's worth. A tenth of whatever coin it was, like a, a tenth of a quarter, or a tenth of a penny. That'd be cool. <laughs> I would like that. 
<laughs> what else is going on? Um, you know, uh, nature's alive. It's kind of windy right now. So, um, but actually, I think the sound quality might be better than last time because last time I didn't soundproof, I didn't windproof the mic because it was a new mic. I'm still figuring out how to eliminate that noise, that annoying noise. I don't like it. But what I did is, uh, well, I did a little research a little bit, and then I figured out, I took a couple pieces of fabric um, and figured out which one's better. One of them was a, like a cloth you'd use to wipe some glasses. That, that worked, but it wasn't quite enough. So I took a little, some wool, little crocheted wool, and I wrapped that around the mic on top of the original fabric cloth and hopefully that should do it it's I was testing it before I was recording today and it seems that it's working so I can only hope I can only hope yeah Yeah, so, I don't know, so basically it's just this cloth kind of is supposed to block the the wind from reaching the, the mic, or at least a lot of the wind. Hopefully it should at least reduce the noise if, if it doesn't totally get rid of it. This seems to be working. We'll see. But that's just one of the side effects of podcasting in nature. Is that you have to deal with the elements. Oh, here comes another gust. <laughs> Crikey. Crikey, mate. Now... It's been, a t- it's been a tough night out in the head back here, and I'm not from Australia or New Zealand. I'm not an Aussie or Kiwi, but I know how to talk like one. You know, that kind of gets me thinking about Jim Jeffries, and he has a very unique voice. It's very funny the way he talks. I don't want to sound like I'm making fun because I'm not. But Jim Jeffries. So, welcome to the Jim Jeffries Show. I'm Jim Jeffries. And tonight we're going to be talking about gambling and about the, the addiction that is caused to many gamblers. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just an Aussie. I feel these are the ramblings of an insane person. Not Jim Jeffries, me. That's me. No, he's fine. He's just fine. <laughs> wow. Seven minutes into the show. About or almost eight. Not not bad. Not bad. 
but uh, let's hope that this uh that my strategy for the mic works yeah fingers crossed i want you to hold your fingers crossed too while you're listening to this after it's already been recorded <laughs> because it's not live it is not live <laughs> Oh, I know what to do. Have a little this day in history. That's I, I always like that. I like watching that. So this day in history, 1377, Richard II, who is still a child, begins his reign following the death of his grandfather, Edward III. His coronation takes place July 16th. So he ascended to the throne on July 22nd, on June 22nd and was coronated July 16th. Uh, 1558, the French take the French town of Thionville from the English. 1772, slavery is outlawed in England. That's awesome. Get rid of that stuff. Seventeen seventy-two. No more slavery in England. That's cool. Uh, eighteen oh seven. British seamen <laughs> board the USS Chesapeake. A provocation leading to the War of eighteen twelve. Eighteen sixty-four. Confederate General A. P. Hill turns back turns back a federal flanking movement at the Weldon Railroad near Petersburg, Virginia. Eighteen seventy-six. General Alfred Terry sends Lieutenant Colonel George A. Custer to the Rosebud and Little Bighorn Rivers to search for Indian villages. We all know what happened there. Little Custer. Little Custer. Didn't. Wasn't looking too good. 1910. German bacteriologist Paul Ehrlich announces a definitive cure for syphilis. Ooh, that's nice. 1911, George V of England is crowned. 1915, Austro-German forces occupy Lemberg on the Eastern Front as the Russians retreat. Huh. 1925, France and Spain agree to join forces against Abd el-Krim in Morocco. 1930, a son is born to Charles and Anne Morrow Lindbergh. And then fast fact, it's because of Lindbergh that kidnapping is now a federal crime. Because his kid was kidnapped. 1933, Adolf Hitler bans political parties in Germany other than the Nazis. 1938, Joe Louis Flores Max Schmeling in the first round of the heavyweight bout at Yankee Stadium. 1940, France and Germany sign an armistice at Compiègne Compiègne, on terms dictated by the Nazis. Under the code name Barbarossa, Germany invades the Soviet Union. 1942, a Japanese submarine shells Fort Stevens at at the mouth of the Columbia River. 1944, President Franklin Roosevelt signs a GI Bill of Rights to provide broad benefits for veterans of war. 1956, the Battle of Algiers begins to th- as three buildings in the Kasbah 
in the Chazba are blown up. There's a lot of stuff that happens on this day. Wow. 1970, President Richard Nixon signs the 26th Amendment, lowering the voting age to 18. And now people want to lower it to 16, which is... Uh, that's too young. Yeah. 1973, Skylab astronauts splash down safely in the Pacific after a record 28 days in space. 1980, the Soviet Union announces a partial withdrawal of its forces from Afghanistan. Afghanistan. 1981, Mark David Chapman pleads guilty to killing John Lennon. 1995, Nigeria's former military ruler, General Olusegun Obasanjo and his chief de deputy are charged with conspiracy to overthrow General Sani Albacha's military government. And here are some people fa that are famous that were born on, July, on June 22nd. George Vancouver, English navigator, 18, in 1757. 1898, Eric Marie Remarque, German novelist, all, who wrote All Quiet on the Western Front. 1906, Billy Wilder, film director of Sunset Boulevard and The Apartment. 1906, Anne Moreau Lindbergh, author, wife of Charles Lindbergh, Gifts from the Sea. 1921, Joseph Papp, theater director and producer, founder of the New York Public Theater and Shakespeare in the Park. In 1941, Ed Bradley, a broadcast journalist. So as you can see, for any particular day in history, there's always something that happened on that day previously. Always. Usually, more, usually many things. Except for August 2nd. Nothing ever happens on August 2nd. JK, I'm sure it's a fun day. I'm sure it's a fun time. But speaking of history, we have now entered a new, a new age, as far as at least art goes, where the new form of art is memes, meme culture. And of course, memes have changed dramatically since their beginning. Why? They used to be just a little photo of maybe a cute puppy or a kid doing something funny. And then they would say, that face when blah, 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 blah. But they've gotten a lot more sophisticated now. Like, uh, for example, here's one. Here's a, that comes from a news story. Florida man stops street fight by running everyone over. And then there's General Grievous going, oh, the negotiator. Or how about the meme where it's uh, the one where it shows the evolution of the brain. You know it starts out with a tiny brain, then a little more expanded, uh, progressively more exp expanded. It goes, first, there are only two genders. Next, there are many genders. Then, gender is such a social construct. Then, gender is a scam invented by bathroom companies in, in 1960s to sell more bathrooms. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a meme that no one could have come up with in the first days of memes. 
No one could have done that. But the word meme is originally coined by Dr. Richard Dawkins, biologist, who used it in his book, The Selfless Gene, where he says that ideas can propagate and evolve just like genes can. Only the strongest memes or ideas survive. And that's true for memes, you know? Like only the strongest ones survive. Old ones just pass away, but some of them keep going. Certain genres of genes, of memes, like the one with the brain, the brain one I was, I just did. That general format has been around for a while. If you want to see a bunch of great memes, especially the ones that are associated with Elon Musk, visit at Cult of Elon on Instagram. I run that page, at Cult of Elon. You see a lot of great memes. Great stuff on there. I really like it. It's fun to run. There's one woman on there. She's very active in commenting. A lot of her comments don't really make sense. Partially because I'm pretty sure English isn't her first language. So I think she like has her words translated. And so sometimes the grammar's a little off. I don't know, I think she's from France or something. She's pretty cool. You meet some good people when you run a when you run a page like that on Instagram. You meet some cool people. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how I got non-Americans on my channel, on my page. But I like it. It feels it feels like I'm like my influence on that page is a lot bigger than it probably really is. Because it's international. I make international waves, which I think is cool. What else do I want to do? Hmm? What else do I want to do? Well, let's see here. What's some nature that I see around here? Dragonflies? I heard a bird making noise. Here's a gust, a wind gust. Well, that's just dandy then. Sean Connery. I didn't write those words. Jamal Wallace did. And now for some quotes from Finding Forrester. Why is it the is it the words we write for ourselves are always so much better than the words we write for others. You write your first draft with your heart, and you rewrite with your head. 
The first key to writing is, is to write, not think. Next. Bitterly disappointed teachers can be either very effective or very dangerous. The key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. Good quotes. Here's another quote. Being with another woman, that is French. To be caught, that is American. From Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Um, how about... Hmm. How about? Oh, these are good ones. Hmm. Ooh. Here's here is a quote from Doctor Phil, where he has a suggestion for. Uh, lowering the incidence of mental illness caused by social media on children. This is not the world wide web. We have, we have to prepare our children that this is the wild, wild web. There's no control, there's no enforcement, there's no accountability. Now what he's talking about here is, because that's a little out of context, is how social media, internet in general, but particularly social media, like Instagram, cause wild rates of like anxiety, and even depression, in especially young folks. Well, almost all young folks. I don't know if this is much of a problem for the old older people. I don't think they get quite as into it, really. But people kill themselves. People uh, get major anxiety. And what he's saying is there needs to be a form of accountability. We need to make sure that we don't have these problems anymore. We need to keep people safe from this. Because all Instagram is, is you're just getting these brief snapshots from moments of people's lives. Particularly the best moments. I mean, few people post sad moments in their lives on Instagram. You just don't do it. It's just not done. It's always the best moments, just brief snapshots. In actuality, I don't know what your life is like in general. There's highs, there's lows. But that's not what Instagram shows. And I'm a poet and I didn't even know it, but my feet show it. They're Longfellows. I've made that joke before, haven't I? But it's a good one, so it deserves to be told multiple times. Um, what else do I want to share? What books am I reading right now? How about Siddhartha? 
That's a good one by a German guy in the 1800s named Hermann Hess. He wrote a certain book called Siddhartha. And I'll just read you the synopsis here. Alright. Siddhartha is a novel by Hermann Hess that deals with the spiritual journey of self-discovery of a man named Siddhartha during the time of Gautama Buddha. The book, Hess's ninth novel, was written in German in a simple lyrical style. It was published in the U.S. in 1951 and became influential during the 1960s. Hess dedicated the first part of it to Romain Roland and the second part to Wilhelm Gundert, his cousin. Do I want to read the whole... Oh, that's a long plot. I don't need a... There. Oh, apparently there were, tra there were translations into Indian languages. The word Siddhartha is made up of two words in the Sanskrit language. Sita means achieved and Artha what was searched for. So achieved what was searched for which together means he who has found meaning of, ex of existence or he who has attained his goals. In fact, the Buddha's own name before his renunciation was Siddhartha Gautama, Prince of Kapilavastu. In this book, the Buddha is referred to as Gautama. It travels through the journey of Siddhartha. And Gotama does make some appearances in it. He's not the main character, but he's referenced, he's mentioned multiple times. He's, he's met by the main character, by the protagonist. But it's his journey towards self-discovery and figuring out, figuring all of this out, his whole life. And it's one thing he discovers is that a lot of these things you can't really just learn from other people. Like he he learned from the samanas, which are these these ascetics that he had been learn, living with for a long time. He he learned a bunch of stuff from them, but he didn't. That's not where he achieved his enlightenment. Really, he learned it himself. It came from within, and that's what I try to tell people, is that they need to achieve these things on their own. Learn on their own. It's like if you want to look at a practical versus theoretical wisdom. One is practical wisdom is gained through experience. Theoretical wisdom is gained through just knowledge and stuff. Together, they make a wise person. And you should gain practical wisdom first, really. I'm probably not going to go too much longer here. I'll try to ramble on a little longer, though. Any more nature I want to point out? Um, there was a wood duck here a while ago. Not here anymore. Don't know where it went. 
Um, there's a bear that lives around here. And a fox. And of course, too many deer. They're kind of annoying. They just kind of eat your plants. They're just dicks. I mean, rabbits eat your plants too, but at least, at least a rabbit is a small little fuzzy critter. Deer are just big and... I don't know. They're just trying to make their, their way through life, you know? Living out in the wild. I don't see any eagles today. Alright, so I should probably say goodbye now. I probably... No, it's... It's time to say... Oh... I didn't, I didn't sing my song. here and I'm gonna wait till the wind dies down and then I'll sing my song it's called the galaxy song by Monty Python I will say some of this some of the numbers here are a little outdated but yeah whenever life gets you down mrs. Brown and things seem hard or tough and people are stupid obnoxious or daft and you feel that you've had quite enough Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving Revolving at 900 miles an hour It's orbiting at 19 miles a second So it's reckoned the sun that is the source of all our power The sun and you and me and all the stars that you can see Are moving at a million miles a day in an outer spiral arm at 40,000 miles an hour of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. Our galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars. It's a hundred thousand light years side to side. It bulges in the middle, 16,000 light years thick, but out by us it's just 3,000 light years wide. For 30,000 light years from galactic central point, we go round every 200 million years. And our galaxy is only one of millions of billions in this amazing and expanding universe. Our universe itself keeps on expanding and expanding in all of the directions it can whiz. As fast as it can go, the speed of light you know, 12 million miles a minute and that's the fastest speed there is. So remember when you're feeling very small and insecure, how amazingly unlikely is your birth. And pray that there's intelligent life somewhere out in space Cause there's bugger all down here on Earth mm. Do I need a new song? Do I need another one? Um... Do I... Me... Oh... Here... Here we 
Actually, I don't want to read that one. Lime Jello Marshmallow Cottage Cheese Surprise lyrics. Um, do I want to read that? Hmm? Do I? I don't know. I don't know. Um, do I want to read or do I want to do another Monty Python? That's always a fun one. Ladies, the minutes will soon be read today. The garden club and weaving class, I'm sure, have much to say. But next week is our culture night, our biggest, best event. And I've just made a dish for you. You'll all find heaven sent. It's my lime jello marshmallow cottage cheese surprise. With slices of pimento, you won't believe your eyes. All topped with a pineapple ring and a dash of mayonnaise. My vanilla wafers round the edge will win your highest praise. And Mrs. Jones is making scones that are filled with peanut mousse to be followed by a chicken mold that's made in the shape of a goose. For ladies who's, who must watch those pounds, we found a special dish. Strawberry ice enshrined in rice with bits of tuna fish and my lime jello marshmallow cottage cheese surprise. Truly a creation that description defies will go so well with Mrs. Bell's creation of the week. Shrimp salad topped with chocolate sauce and garnished with a leek. And Mrs. Per Perkins' walnut loaf that's crowned with melted cheese was such a hit last culture night we asked no seconds please. Now you must try her hot dog pie with candied mushroom slices. Those ladies who resigned last year they just don't know what nice is. And my lime jello marshmallow cottage cheese surprise. I did not steal that recipe as lies, I tell you lies. A grand award, a picture hat, and a salmon sequined gown. For any girl who tries each dish and keeps her whole lunch down. I'm sure you all are waiting for the biggest news dessert. We thought of things in molds and rings, your diet's to subvert. You, uh, you must try, try our chocolate layer cake on a peanut brittle brace with slices of bananas that make a funny face. Around the edge of peppermints just swimming in peach custard with lovely little curly cues and lovely mu yellow mustard. If all of this is too much for you, permit me to advise more lime jello marshmallow cottage cheese surprise. I've made heaps. I think that's going to be, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Point Counterpoint. That was a good one. Alright, and I hate to be ending the episode right when a gust of wind is coming in. But sometimes that's just what happens. You can't help. You can't always help it. You know? Alright. Namaste. It's been lit, fam. See ya in the next episode.